The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me this Monday, May 30th edition of The Sheila Zielinski Show. I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday to Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on WINB. And to find out more ways to listen, including the podcast and the customized app, hey, I'm getting some great feedback on the app. Just make sure you do have the latest version. So go to the Listen tab on the menu at WeekendVigilante.com. Hey, some people just, they like to download the podcast, take it with them while they're driving, jogging, walking. It's really handy to download the app and just take it wherever you go. You don't have to have Wi-Fi or anything. It just plays on your smart device. So if you like to download a podcast, well, that's easy too. You can find the direct link again. Just go to the Listen tab on the menu at WeekendVigilante.com. And if you have not already done so, please go to my social media, Twitter, Facebook, and do sign up for my YouTube because a lot of times YouTube shows come out even before the podcast populates. So that's all linked up there at the very top right-hand corner of my website. So I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Today, I'm entitling the show simply this be still. Now, this is an ironic topic for me, because I don't think there's anyone that has struggled more with this than myself. My mind goes mock speed, and I have a very hard time turning off that noise in my head. Be still and know that I am God. That's the first part of Psalm 4610. The word comes from a Hebrew word meaning to release. The meaning probably would be best understood to say, let go. In other words, we need to come to a place where we are willing to submit ourselves to God and acknowledge that he is in sovereign control. You know, when we realize that we are truly incapable of controlling life, then we can surrender our will to God's will. And and it may be a matter of finally saying we trust him. It opens the door so that we can experience the fullness of what God wants and has for us. After all, he's our creator, right? He has a perfect plan for us when we let him orchestrate it. Be still and know that I am God. It says, and know that I am God. That denotes a recognition, an acknowledgement, an answering God. First, we have to know that God is God, the one and only supreme, omnipotent, omnipresent, omnipotent, universal supreme being who created all the heavens and earth, it says there in Genesis, the first part, we can know him by having what? How do we how do we know God? Well, by having an intimate relationship with him, that doesn't come from knowing about him. That comes from knowing him. It means getting to personally know him by what he says his holy word in the Bible, recognizing the things he does in our lives. And by way of his holy scripture, who guides us, comforts us. What does it say there in John 14, 26? Jesus says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. When we read the Bible, we learn to recognize the way God talks to us, the kinds of things he says, 
the merciful love he offers. Be still and know that I am God. Let's read that whole entire scripture in Psalm 46 together here. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now think about that for a sec. The King James Version there uses the word exalted, meaning lifted up. Honored means highly valued, glorified. We are being told in this verse basically that the entire world will someday lift up and glorify the Lord. It reminds me in Romans 14, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will confess allegiance to me. And regarding Christ's promised return, Revelation 19.16 says, On his robe and thigh was written this title, King of King and Lord of Lords. God is our refuge and our strength. Be still and know that I am God. When people hear that, they think, what, I don't do anything here? Yeah, there is a time when you have to not do anything. That's correct. Admit defeat. Admit that you can't figure this thing out. Give up trying to figure it out. You got to come to the end of yourself sometimes. You got to let go of your efforts, your struggling. You got to give up trying to be godly in your own strength because the fuel source there is in human effort. There is a lot of noise going on today in the house of God. A lot of it's in order to compensate. That's what the prophets of Baal did. They created an illusion. The deepest work that goes on in us is not noisy and clamorous. And it seems like the less power a church has, the more entertainment it produces. They come with their unpleasant disturbance, their sound, their clamor, their racket, their uproar, their commotion, their whole pandemonium hullabaloo. I don't want to be in a place that's noisy. I want to be in a place where God is. If you ever really get in his presence, in his glory, you get an insatiable hunger for more of him. And in this noisy, clamorous society, in this flurry of uproar in the world, everything grabbing for our attention, how do we be still? A lot of times we're trying to create the presence of God in our own strength. We'll come up with a strategy. We'll develop an agenda. We'll make things happen on our own. You can't duplicate God. That's idolatry. Or it's the other way. Here, God, you just sit back while I handle this. You're not working in my timing. Why is it taking you so long, God? Well, I got to do something. Better to do something than nothing. Well, obviously, you're not doing anything, God, so it looks like I'm going to have to take matters in my own hands. And you go, yeah, yeah, I know, in his timing. You know, the fact that even God partners with himself to us is truly staggering. The fact that our God is so merciful and gracious, it's mind-numbing sometimes. How do I let go of my own will here? This is the point. 
How do I let go of the reins of this thing and give them to God when I'm the only one who's used to steering this horse-drawn carriage? It's what you've always done. You've always been in control of your life. I am in control of my life, right? It's sad, isn't it? Oh, if we could just see as a little child sometimes. You know, I was listening to the local radio this morning. They were interviewing the mayor of Fort McMurray talking about, of course, as most people know, the horrendous fires that rip through northern Alberta. They were talking about how residents are now getting ready to go into a phase one reentry back into the city of Fort McMurray, where they had, again, the most devastating fire ever. And people really have lost everything. And they were interviewing people and they were interviewing little kids. And this one kid I don't think he could have been more than seven. The reporter asked him what he thought of the fires that had taken his home and how he felt about it. And he said, I'm having fun. I don't have to go to school. And it's an awesome vacation. Wow, what perspective, huh? Probably very different from those who lost everything. Sometimes when you lose everything, it gives you a little bit different perspective on life. I'll tell you what, we put a great deal of effort into our stuff, folks. And I love what Sharon Mulkey said one time. She said, God will give you the world if you're not attached to it. See that right there. What are you attached to? Ask yourself a hard question today. You might say, well, Sheila, I don't really put my stock in my stuff. Hey, I'm not the one you have to answer that question to. The underlying piece of that is what is your idol? What are you putting above God? Ask yourself that real question. It's a genuine question. Don't just be so quick to say, oh, I don't put anything above God. Come on now. We all struggle with this question of what am I doing? What is life all about? What, you know, is this what really life is all about? The daily grind, going around and around the hamster wheel. Am I making one difference with my life? We all struggle. We all question God. We all have questions. Life can be very confusing sometimes. And why is that? Because we put so much effort in trying to figure it out. I've got to figure out my life. We say that a lot, don't we? You know, I remember I was having a fit a few years ago and I was arguing with God. It was not long after I'd stepped out into full-time ministry. And I was having so much anxiety about paying bills. And I kept complaining and grumbling and mumbling, saying, God, it's not fair. All the other people, they know for sure what's coming in every two weeks. How am I supposed to know where I'm at? It isn't fair. How am I supposed to know where I'm at? Listen to that for a minute. How am I supposed to know where I am at? I was mumbling and complaining and moaning and groaning. And I was so frustrated. You want me totally to live every day depending on just you? Just having full-blown trust and faith. And never really know if I'm going to have enough. You got to remember, I had a cushy paycheck with great benefits with government. It was a pretty sweet gig. And of course, in my old arrogance, I would have told you, yeah, and I earned it too. I worked hard for my degrees. I earned those lofty titles. I earned those accolades. I climbed the ladder of success. Yeah, I climbed the ladder of success, all right. But the only thing I discovered is my ladder... It was leaning on the wrong building. Be still. How do you be still when everyone's running around at a furious pace? Get out of my way. I got to go to work. I got to earn my pay. I got to get ahead. You got to figure things out. And suddenly, God puts the brakes on and asks you to give up trying to work it all out. Suddenly, the word of God comes and he says, be still. 
Yeah, there's some things we need to figure out with God, of course. We need to make decisions. That's common sense. But when it comes to the supernatural inner working of the Spirit of God, think about that. Apart from faith, there's nothing we can even do. We can't orchestrate our life, really. It's about faith. The psalmist paints a picture about the faithfulness of God. You can see it throughout the Bible, his characteristics. Be still and know God. Well, it helps to know who you're talking about, doesn't it? It helps to know who you're singing about, praying about. It helps to know God's sovereign. And the sovereignty and faithfulness of God is staggering. What he says he will do, he will do. What he says is going to happen, it'll happen. Who he says he is, that's who he is. Well, so who is he? There's many names. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, Adonai, Master, Jehovah Nisi, my banner, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Shalom, my peace. God is who he says. There's no loophole. There's no clause at the end. There's no fine print. It says it clearly. And you have to believe that every purpose and promise of God will be performed in your life if you trust him. And so we come back to the question, be still and know that I am God. How do you give up trying to figure it all out? Let me give you an example of what this looks like using the analogy of the temple. God gave very specific instructions to King David. David didn't have to figure it all out. David gave it to his son Solomon, and that's where you get Solomon's temple. He got specific details on how to build this thing. But it foreshadows something. Solomon's temple, it's long gone, of course, but God moved to a new temple. You, you're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. God took up residence in you. You're the temple. I walked in a service one time and the speaker up on the podium said, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? And I whispered under my breath, isn't it good to be the house of the Lord? Not in the house, but be the house. If you look in First Kings there about the building of the temple, there's something that really stands out there, and it's all the hammering, all the building, all the work was going on in the mountain. All the foundation stones, they were designed in the mountain. They weren't being done there in the temple. All those new foundations, they weren't banging and clanging away in the temple and hammering and pounding and making noise in there. All that stuff was being done outside of the temple. And it's a foreshadowing of the old foundations sliding out and the new foundations built on the cornerstone there sliding in. There doesn't have to be noise in the temple for God to work. You know, look back in your life and think, hey, where did that go? I used to struggle with that, but it just went away. Suddenly you realize that old stone slid out and under it was placed a new foundation. The cross covers your flaws, your frailties, your failings, and you grow in grace and knowledge and the things of God but we all fall short of the glory of God. But the cross covers the temple. Thank God for the covering of the cross. You need to know in your heart that you are a genuine child of God and therefore the devil cannot condemn you when you're having a bad day. Not unless you let him. Paul the apostle, he knew. He started to understand we are changed from image to image, from glory to glory. It doesn't require noise for this to happen. You cannot make yourself holy. It doesn't require clanging and banging and noise. We can only read his promises and believe them. That's pretty much it. And Jesus made a very profound statement, but God the Father is looking for people that trust God in spirit and truth. Are you going to say today that you're going to trust the Holy Spirit to be that skilled craftsman and carve the willingness of truth in every area of your life? Carve the humility you need? 
carve the holiness. We need the master carpenter to do only what he can do. And if you look in the scriptures on that temple, it goes on to say they prepared the inner temple for the Ark of the Covenant. That's a depiction there. Jesus Christ wants to be in the inner core of your temple. And by faith, you believe that you are not what you were yesterday. Today, you're not what you were yesterday. You're done trying to chart your own course here. Change your own destiny. Be done. Say, I'm giving up trying to work everything out in my life. God is my strength. God is my banner, my provider. He's my Abba Father. Get out of the fear and anxiety, folks. Psalm 46 encourages us to be still and wait for the intervention of God in our situation. No matter what we're passing through, he's going to come to our rescue. If we truly wait for him, he's never going to disappoint you. Be still and know that I am God. It reminds us that God is always there. We just have to have faith in him. I read this scripture. It reminds me of Psalm 23. God is saying, even though life's trials and tribulations are going to come, put your trust in him at all times. Not part of the time, not just when things are going good. In all times, put your trust in God. When it seems hard, he's going to be there to lead you and guide you. You have to stay in prayer and you have to wait on him, but not try to fix it yourself. Because a lot of people are very fix-oriented. They're always trying to fix the problem. It's not up to you to fix it. It's up to you to trust God. But when you get into that self, I'm going to do it myself then we get into problems. And yeah, there's some things that, like I said, we're going to have to make some decisions on, but there's also a time to be still and do nothing. That Psalm 46 is painting a picture. We're coming into a season and not unlike that Psalm lays out the mountains shaking, society in trouble, difficulties on all sides, nations raging, kingdoms moved. That's why the scripture says to be ready and give a defense for the reason of the hope that is in you. We're to sanctify our hearts. Fear is coming. People be coming by the massive when fear begins to break out here. They're afraid they're not going to make it. There's fear all around us already. What's going to happen when they can't get food or get money out of their ATM? Fear is about to break out. I think there is going to be a world of hurt coming when all this stuff goes down. But in the child of God, there is confidence. Even though we endure the same, but we've chosen to let God be the Lord of our lives. People are going to ask you, why do you have such hope, such light in the midst of calamity, such light in the midst of calamity? We have to be still and know that God is God, that quiet confidence that doesn't go away. I hope you've come to the place where you're going to let God be God, folks. Be done with trying to do it on your own. Lord, you come into the center of my temple. Let your name be glorified there. Remember, when the temple was complete, the glory came so powerful, no one could even stand in the presence of it. All arguments failed right there. All human efforts died. Yeah, we have to go through the same struggles as the world, just the same storms. But remember, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. You and I are called to be a testimony to what only God can do. The church began that way with 120 bursting out of an upper room. All of religion in the past didn't matter a lick to what had happened in that upper room. They can't remove the testimony of the living God, the great works of God. Every single one of those cases, he showed his greatness and dominion, manifesting his power and his sovereignty, and so commands all to be still and know that he is God. That's what it says. I will be exalted among the heathen. I'll be exalted in the earth. 
Carnal men are drowned in fleshly and worldly cares. We know things wither and rot and burn. And the sole consideration here is that God's God. He's above our comprehension. All things are his own. Somebody said one time, when you create your own earth, well, then you can call the shots. All things are his own. Put everything today in God's hands. God is worthy to be sovereign over all things. He will be sovereign and he is able to avenge himself on those who oppose that sovereignty. Put everything in God's hands today. Peter said, become partakers of the promises of God, not by your human effort, but by his promises. You live by his promises to you now. Put your own confidence to bed and put your trust today in the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Let's pray. Father God, we ask for the stillness in our life today that allows you to be God. We put everything in your hands today, Lord. Let this be an irrefutable testimony, the reality of you, God, in our life. Your bloodshed covers our sin, our frailties, our flaws. We want to be partakers of the promises of you, God, that Peter talks about, not in our human effort, but by your promises, God. Lord, we ask for that stillness in our life that allows you to be God and us to yield our complete selves to you, body, mind, soul, and spirit. We thank you for being faithful. We will trust you, God. Help us shine as lights in this darkest time. Help us yield, Lord. Help us to be still and know that you are God amidst this clamorous world. What a rat race we live in these days, Lord. So much noise, so much rushing around, so many deadlines to meet, so much demands on our time, so many things we just don't seem to find the time to do. We live in a busy world, but to slow down, Lord. And for those listening, Father, ease the pounding of their heart by the quietening of their mind. Give them amid the confusion of the day, the calendar of the everlasting hills. Break the tension of their nerves and their muscles with the soothing living water that only Jesus Christ can provide. Lord, thank you for your word, your presence. Thank you for your willingness to endure our frailties, our weaknesses, and still love us despite our shortcomings. Cause your word to grow in us. Father, thank you for your thoughts. Build your church in this generation. Lord, help us put our trust in you and only you so that we can be still. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What an amazing liberating place to be in, to just be still and have that confidence that God knows what he's doing. So let God be God today. I hope you're inspired by this message. I hope it encouraged you because I know a lot of you are really struggling. There's a lot going on in the world and there's a lot happening around us. And we do live in very dark times. But we are to be the light and the salt. And I want to encourage you today, if you're going through a struggle, if you've been trying to work something out over and over in your head, let go today. Be still and know that I am God. Go to your scripture and read that verse there in Psalm 46. Give the reins to God today, folks. Take your hands off the steering wheel and give it to God. Let go. Release it and give it to him fully. Yeah, sometimes we have to do our part, but God will do the part that you can't. So you know what? Today, Make a commitment that you're not going to go over this thing in your head another million times to try to figure everything out. Give it to God. Let God be God. I hope you're blessed by the show today. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless.